Hello and welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. I hope everything is going well with you. Hope everything is going well with yours. I want to talk about a couple of things today and I want to kind of uh, kill a conspiracy, at least do my part to kill a conspiracy, even though it is an issue. The conspiracy theories revolving around it does not make sense to me. I'm a person who uses their brain. I try to think through things. I like to do research. I use data, evidence to make points. I don't go half cocked and just say, this sounds good. Let me run with it. So I'm going to work on trying to do my best to get this point across to you where it makes sense to even you, if you even believe this conspiracy, I'm going to give you something else to think about. But I also want to give you something else to think about if you never thought about this. Maybe you can get some empathy, have some sympathy, open your eyes, your ears, and your mouth to what it's like to be a black person living in America when you know that black people, and if you didn't know, I'm letting you know now, Black people are under a constant state of pressure. We're under a state of emergency almost our entire lives. And we live to a degree in dangerous situations, not only within our own communities, but through when we travel through other communities. And I will explain what I'm talking about briefly. I'm going to keep everything concise. I'm going to keep it quick and I'm going to keep it moving. So COVID-19, we're up to 25 million cases here in the United States of America, 419,000 deaths. Worldwide, we have reached 96 million cases, and 2.1 million people have died worldwide from this virus. This vaccine cannot come out soon enough. It cannot come out quick enough. I have still not been called... I am not on any list. I am no special person who gets put above you or anyone else. And if you have been called, if you have been tested, please contact me. I would love to interview you about side effects. I would like to interview you about were you hesitant? Were you forced by your employer? What was the steps? How do you feel today? Do you feel like you are back to normal and sheltered and covered from getting COVID-19 again, this is something that really interests me. Just go to my website. The link to my website will be attached anywhere that you hear this podcast. Please reach out to me via email, text, it does not matter, or like I said, I would love to have you on an interview. This week, we lost a couple of people. We lost Hank Aaron who used to be the home run hitting king. This man went through pure D hell down in Georgia as he was trying to break Babe Ruth's record. Uh, I empathize with him. I empathize with what he went through, but his character was strong. He stayed gentlemanly. He kept his dignity. He never became a fool or an embarrassment to himself or to us as black people in America. So I say rest in peace to Mr. Hank Aaron, who might be still the true home run hitting king clean. I said clean, C-L-E-A-N, clean. I'm sure in his day, steroids was not an issue. Everybody who has broken his record since has come under 
suspicion. I am not going to vilify those people. I'm not even going to mention their names. You know who they are. We also lost Gregory Sierra at the age of 83. By the way, Hank Allen was 86 years old. Gregory Sierra, to y'all who may not know him by the name, he played Julio and Sergeant Miguel Chano on one, Sergeant Chano on Bonnie Miller, and he was Julio on Sanford and Son. You've seen him many times in many places. He died at the age of 83. Larry King also passed away. He was 87 years old. We all know Larry from the radio, from TV. I believe he was on CNN for like a quarter of a century. Everybody's seen him with his suspenders and his skinny body. We all know Larry, rest in peace. And also a two-time Super Bowl champion from the Denver Bronco, who at the age of 54, offensive tackle, Tony Jones, pro bowler Tony Jones, passed away this week. So Dr. Fauci says that we're going to have this one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and I'm hoping that this vaccine comes out prontissimo. And he says that it probably be approved in two weeks. Now, we come to find out from this Deborah Bricks, who worked for the Trump administration, that there never really was a COVID-19 task force. So that was disheartening to find out to begin with. Now we have to have this vaccine, and we need the funding, we need the mass production, we need this thing out and about so that we can get on and try to have a semblance of a normal life for some part of 2021 and going forward. So Mega Millions had reached $1 billion, people. But the winning ticket was actually sold Friday night in Michigan. Somebody's whole family lives have changed. I hope this person is worthy of being blessed in that manner. And that's all I can say about it. I wish it was me. It wasn't me. I do not live in Michigan. I did not buy a winning ticket. And the thing that kills me is I did have, like, three days prior, I got four of the five numbers. Could you imagine? I got four of the five numbers, but I didn't have the Mega Ball, and I didn't have the fifth number. And that was only worth $500, people. 500 bucks. Four of the five. So I was pretty close. Five out of five would have gave me a million. But I don't have that story to tell you. So we have this ammo and gun shortage here in America. And this is what I was talking about. I want to dispel a bit of some controversial conspiracy theory. What happened was, or what happened, what is happening is in 2020, the pandemic came down. We had mass layoffs. We had riots. We had the George Floyd situation. We also had an upcoming presidential election. When Donald J. Trump was in office for those four years, people were not worried about supply and demand. There was no need for gun owners to be worried about supply and demand because he was not going to do anything whatsoever to bother the pipeline of ammo and guns being manufactured. So because they were manufactured and they were such in supply, a lot of companies started doing layoffs because they did not have the supply and demand 
But when you had this perfect storm of pandemic election uprise, uh, people unsure of pandemic, and then 7 million brand new gun owners in America who didn't know previous prices of bullets, so they paid whatever the market bid. They didn't care if they were overpriced. The only people who knew they were overpriced was previous gun owners. New gun owners didn't know. So let's say 7 million people bought guns, brand new. Those people brought ammunition. You figure they at least brought 100 bullets per gun. So at the bare minimum, 7 million people turned into 700 70 million bullets sold. So the gun companies were ecstatic. But the pandemic caused people to do mass layoffs. Now they're starting to rehire, but you must retrain because you can't just have a guy come from the street and start producing ammunition. All this stuff would be, they would become liable because things would be backfiring, bullets would be made improperly. And that's part of the reason we have a shortage. It has nothing to do with Biden and Harris who have not even put any laws on the books. We're only talking about their administration being in effect two weeks. So there is no possible, I mean, a week. There is no possibility that they have anything to do with the ammunition or gun shortage. And not just that. When you think about this, you say, because people hoarded. Sure, there are a lot of people who went out and they hoarded. They overbrought because everybody waited to the last minute. I have been telling my African-American black friends for years, go out, get your license, get your license. I have been preaching this to them. They have not done it as far as I know. And if they have done it, they have not made me aware of it. I think that this is something that's very important. I think that it's your right, and if you live a clean life, that you have the right to be able to protect your family, at least in your home or in your car. And I do not believe that you leave this on the hands or in the hands of only 911 to bail you out of an emergency situation because you may not have time for them to arrive before a fatality happens. So I am a firm believer and I don't brag about it. I'm, I don't show it off. I don't play with it. It is not a toy. I do not treat it as such. It is no game. Every time that I handle a weapon, I am safe and I'm secure. And I use the training that I have to make sure that no one is harmed, including myself. But not just me, but those around me, those who are in my car, those who are traveling in front of me, walking behind me if I'm in a store, I make sure that everything is checked and secured. A good holster, good ammunition, and a good piece, period. But don't get caught up in the fact that there's some kind of conspiracy. Because think about this. If you owned a business, if you owned any kind of business, say you owned a radio store, 
and you had all these radios and everybody wanted to buy radios, would you just put them in a stock room or would you put those suckers on the shelf so you can sell it? Because this is how you're feeding your family. So you're not going to keep radios in a box in the back when you got 20 people sitting up front saying, can I buy that radio? No, you're going to sell them that radio because you got 50 more in the back. That's just the way it goes. So we don't really need to live in this conspiracy that these manufacturing companies don't want to give us what we're looking for. It's just that so many brand new people came on. Some places changed laws last year. Virginia changed reciprocity laws. So that kind of threw things a little bit off. So people rushed to Utah, people rushed to Texas, and people rushed to Virginia to get their licenses because maybe they didn't want to get it in their home state. But because Virginia, Utah, and Texas reciprocity laws were so good, they were allowed to carry in their own home state without going through a lot of the rigmarole of getting it in their home state. Okay? So I hope that helps somebody. I hope somebody got something out of that and that I made sense to you because I'm just not talking out the side of my neck. I've thought about this. I've researched it. And to me, it makes perfect sense. There's no conspiracy. There is none. Zero. Donald Trump is going to have his second impeachment trial. They set the date of February 9th. Well, you know what? This is going to be the one and few times that I talk about Donald Trump again today. Because there's really nothing else to say. He's been dead quiet. He, he's on radio silence with no social media. And I appreciate it. The silence is wonderful. Like Depeche Mode, enjoy the silence, they said. I'm enjoying the silence of Donald J. Trump. So we had a UFC card this week. Dan, Dustin Portier had a second round knockout over Conor McGregor. This was the second time they fought. Conor was getting his legs kicked the bejesus out of him. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. He looked in good shape. He didn't seem to have any defense for the leg kicks. He wasn't even checking those leg kicks. And so by the time Dustin got on him, he really didn't have a leg to stand on. Now, I don't know what motivates him to continue fighting. I don't know what motivates a man who has more than enough to get in that gym and say, I am going to gut this out. So we'll see where Connor goes from here. But he led up to this fight, the very humble version of Connor. And you know, when he's getting ready to fight, I like the more arrogant, obnoxious, foolish version of Connor. Because it doesn't seem to bother his skill set. It just seems to bother his demeanor as he stepped in the ring. There was really no arrogance. And I wanted to see some of that. Jessica I fought uh, JoJo Collinwood. That was a very entertaining fight. JoJo handled her quite well. I didn't think it was even a close match. JoJo was putting those kicks out to keep distance, and she was doing some beautiful combinations. Khalil Roundtree fought Marcin Pinkachin, and uh, I thought they both kind of gassed out, but they were throwing bombs at each other. That was a very good fight. Brad Tavares for Antonio Carlos Jr. That was a very good fight. Juliana Pena for Sarah McMahon. And I knew that after a while, if Sarah kept going down, I mean, I know she was very confident in her wrestling ability, but you keep going down to the ground with a chick who has that BJJ 
like uh, Juliana Pena, you're going to get in trouble. And eventually she caught her. Now, I hope I didn't give away anything if you did not see this card. But if you didn't see this pay-per-view, it was well worth it. It was entertaining. Me and my wife sat through the prelims and the main card and enjoyed it all because it was fast-paced. It was well... The fighters were not bullshitting about, so it was entertaining, like I said. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but Bulletproof Season 3 has been released. This is a cop show from the UK, two young black detectives, and it's only three episodes, Season 3, but they are going to have a Season 4, which will be a full season. But, you know, they you two young black detectives from... England, and they actually carry guns, they shoot people, so I enjoyed the first two seasons, and I'm sure I will enjoy season three, I haven't got to it yet, I'll put, I'll review it after watching, I've been watching, like, uh, Maniac, Marathons of Law and Order, The Stabler Years, now, The Stabler Years are seasons one through twelve of Law and Order, I'm on season four, so I've been eating these live, they're very good. Uh, Elliot Staple was a hell of a character. It was a different dimension to the show back then before it became just about live and the future. So I am enjoying it a lot. There's a Tiger Woods documentary out there. I have it on hold. I have not watched it as of yet. I will also review this upon watching. But this was a two-parter on HBO Max, I believe. And I will get to it. SWAT's back out there. 911 is back out there. The Stand is on like episode 5 or 6. Family Guy was fantastic, but it was no Family Guy episode this week. I enjoyed Family Guy. It was uh, Peter and the Chicken. But not a fight. Peter and the Chicken because the chicken got ill. He got the flu. Quote, unquote, he got the flu. So let's just say the chicken had COVID, right? The Good Doctor has been fantastic this season, as usual. I like it, even though they made some differences to Sean that I'm not so happy about. He's a little bit, a little bit too more, too normal now, as opposed to off the charts like we are so used to him. Bob and Abishola, very good series. It's a comedy on CBS. A white man who was in love with a African sister. And the things that go with her being from her country that don't blend so well with him. But she's a married woman and they introduced her husband to the show. And I really don't like these shows that do that we're together, we're not together thing over and over and over again. Because after a while, you just say, okay, I want the couple to be together and we move on from there. But comedy seemed to drag that out. The office dragged that scenario out for almost three or four seasons with the young couple before they committed to being together. And I, I think this is one of those deals. I don't know how long the husband will last, but we'll see. The blacklist came back. I'm so glad that they got away with Liv's mother. Now we can move on. I have not watched this latest episode. And Salt and Pepper has a Lifetime movie, which I also have on hold but have not as of yet watched, but I will get into that. And when I watch it, I will review it for you. Now, I'm going to talk some sports, and we're going to get out of here, okay, people? I'm trying to figure out why the hell is Eric B. Enemy still not getting a head coaching job. 
I think we're down to one opening and every other opening has been closed. So it's going to be Texas or bus, I believe, for Eric Bieniemy, And it upsets me. What does this young man have to do? I mean, he is in the Super Bowl again. He has that offense that's a dynamite offense in Kansas City. Offensive coordinators are hired all the time, and I'm just not understanding this. So two NFL players retired this week, one being Phillip Rivers, who had a very long career in San Diego, and he finished his career in Indianapolis with the Colts. The other one is Greg Olson, the tight end who used to be for Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers, and he finished his career in Seattle with the Seahawks. As far as I know, Greg Olson is going directly in the booth for Fox. He's already signed a contract, so, you know, I wish him well. Phillip Rivers, he's got those nine kids, so he's got something to keep him busy for God knows how long. Plus, nine kids can produce a lot of grandchildren. So, you know, Phillip Rivers uh always been a steady player. He was the one of the four, but he's the only one of that four, and I believe the 94 class, who did not get a Super Bowl ring, but he's been in the playoffs a lot, and he put up fantastic numbers, but he had a lot of interceptions at untimely times, so I wish him nothing but the best in his retirement. Matthew Stafford, who's been with the Detroit Lions for 12 years, and has caught no flack as far as being a starting quarterback who makes a ton of money, was a first-round pick, and also a Heisman Trophy winner, is now asking to get out of Detroit. Matthew Stafford, for 12 years, has had it pretty decent. I mean, no pressure whatsoever. Just go, play, collect a check, and not a lot is expected of you. Now he's trying to find a home that I guess he can win. I wish him the best. He's not a bum quarterback, but he's not hes not somebody that I think could take a team very far. At least he's not proven that to me. So best of luck to him. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Doc wants Deshaun Watson out of Houston. I think the Rock, Texas have been horrible for him. They have been horrible for his career. If he had anything that was slightly a weapon, they got rid of it. Who trades DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, who does that? That Bill O'Brien was a horrible coach. He was a horrible general manager. He's taken years off of Deshaun Watson's career. I mean, to ask to be a Jet is something that I have never heard in all my years of being a football fan. I've been a football fan since 1974, I would think. I have never heard of anybody actually saying, I want to go to the Jets. But they got that new head coach, Salah. They have uh, some first-round draft choices. I hope that they can work it out because he said he would like to go there or to the Dolphins. At this point in time, I just want him out of the Texas. I want him to be able to shine. I mean, you got fantastic athletes who can do special things. You want to see them excel, even if they're not on your team. You still enjoy watching the game, and you want to see the best get the chance to beat the best. So the Bucks beat the Green Bay Packers 31-26. So Tom Brady will now be going to his insanely outrageous 10th Super Bowl. One man, 10 Super Bowls. I believe this is Gronk's 6th Super Bowl. 
That is outlandish. I mean, any doubt about who Tom Brady is ended yesterday around 3.45 in the afternoon because not only did he go to nine Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, he has now taken an NFC team in his first year in a new system in a pandemic to a Super Bowl. He had an outstanding season. He threw for over 40 touchdowns. Okay, he had some interceptions yesterday. Some of them I blame him. Some I blame the receivers. Mike Evans didn't bail him out once on an interception. But congratulations to Tom Brady. Uh, a dominant Sue, uh, JPP. And on top of it, Antonio Brown gets a chance to actually experience a Super Bowl week. So for them, I'm happy. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Bills 38-24. I don't think we've seen the end of the Bills. This might be a rivalry that can go on for the next four or five, maybe even longer years. Depending on who could, you know, if they can keep their players. Kansas City's coaching staff is fantastic. Their player personnel is outrageous. When you have Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes and Hardwick and you got people like Le'Veon Bell who can come off the bench. This Clyde, uh, Claire, whatever the hell his name is, the young running back out of uh, LSU. Uh, I don't see Kansas City going anywhere unless their defense falls apart. And this is where the enemy is. He's now the offensive coordinator for a team that has went to three straight AFC championships Two straight Super Bowls with the possibility of being back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions. And this man cannot get a job as a head coach. You're talking about living and being black in America. With, you have to be two times better than a white guy and still might not get the opportunity. Where you could be Hank Allen and instead of people celebrating you being a home run king, they send death threats and you need FBI and cops to protect you at a baseball game. This is my America. I don't like to come down on America a lot because I love this country. It's the only country I've ever lived. It's the only country I'm a citizen of. This is the country that affords me opportunities that I would not have. But I'd be a goddamn liar if I sit here and tell you that there are certain things that you have to deal with here that are outlandish and outrageous. Being a gun owner, do you think that I am 100% comfortable being in my vehicle or being in a, a department store with a pistol on me? And I don't know how a cop is going to react even though I can give him license driver's license, insurance, I don't know. I don't know what his day is like, and I don't know what his viewpoints on black people are. And see, so you say, you sit there and you say, oh, man, you're uptight about nothing. This bullshit. There is pressure. There is pressure. There's constant danger. There's constant degree of fear. I don't live in fear, but there is a fear of, it's just like you. You take a knife. You're not scared of the knife, but you have to keep in the back of your mind that there's a fear that that knife can cut you if you don't do the right thing. See, here's the problem. You don't know what the right thing is with the wrong person sometimes. You don't know what, you, what if you're doing everything right, everything right, 
if it's still not enough to appease them because they have the power, they have the backing, if they do wrong, they have a mayor, they have a union, they have maybe a governor who will back them against you, and on top of it now, maybe you're dead. Because I lived in New York where they bust your ass for nothing, next to nothing. You could be in a Wall Street suit, which 90% of the time I was in, a shirt, tie, a suit jacket, and it didn't stop any harassment from coming my way. It stopped zero harassment from coming my way. I'm going to tell you that's God's honest truth. I wish that that was some kind of shield of protection, like a flag that said, no, he's one of the good ones. No, there was none of the good ones under the Rudy Giuliani administration. Not at, not not where I came from. And then you got the pressure. I can't let us off the hook. We have the pressure of the neighborhood. Do you fall victim to the foolishness that you're weak because you're not a thug? Are you a chump because you go to school, you get good grades, you pay bills, you're a mock, you're a sucker? I mean, do you fall victim to that? Or do you say to yourself, you know what? School is important. Work is important. I have a future. I want to be able to get loans. I want to be able to get a pistol license. I want to be able to, if I get hurt, be able to file for disability. And some of these things you cannot do if you are a felon. So being young, black, and in America, you have to also be able to maneuver not getting into the criminal justice system. And if you do go to the military, make it a, a means to an end. Don't look at the military and say to yourself, well, I'm, 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 I'm golden. You know what? Making thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year ain't shit, man. There's a lot of money to be made out there. Make it a, a means to an end. Look at that opportunity and say to yourself, well, let me take some corresponding classes. Online schooling is acceptable these days. It wasn't in my day. It didn't really even, it didn't exist because, first of all, there was no freaking online. Take advantage. Set yourself up so that you can get those VA loans. And when you come out, you ain't got to pay rent. You're looking to buy a home. Save money. Don't get caught up in you need a $400 belt. No, you need $400 in the fucking bank. You need refrigerator full of food. You need stockpiles of things that you need. You need your children to have checking accounts. You need your children to have savings accounts and college funds. Don't let the community rule how you live. Don't let white America rule how you live. Don't You don't owe the hood nothing. Which the only thing that you owe the hood is to make it out of there as decent as you possibly can. Be a shining example of what can be. Not what they want you to be, but what can be. Because I grew up with guys who have done fantastic, become doctors, who become lawyers. And then I've also grew up with guys who became thugs, killers, and robbers, and rapists. And you know what? I don't give a fuck how much time you can do in a penitentiary where you're locked away with nothing but men. You're wasting time. And you... So what? You got a couple of muscles and your fucking hair's got beautiful waves. What kind of bills do that pay? You might find a chick who will take care of you for a while because you're like that, but that's all. 
So don't fall victim to any of the dangers. Don't don't fall victim to the depression. Realize that it's there. Learn how to maneuver it smartly. Learn how to also figure out how to live in some kind of accord with white people. Even if you have to avoid them, because I live around mostly white people. I don't fuck around with them too much. But it's not because I dislike them or I hate them. It's just because if we don't have a lot in common like anybody else, they're human. I won't deal with shit that's just not in common with me. And that's the bottom line. If we have some commonalities, then I run with it. But that means we have to get to know each other. And I'm not one of those people that go out of his way to get to know black, white, or Hispanic, Asian, or whatever. I like to live and let live. I need distance and I need space from everybody. That's just the truth. That's the way Doc rolls. And anybody that knows me cannot dispute that. Because I'm like that with the people that you would consider day ones. I love them, but I love them from more than arms length distance. I give them room to do them because then I'm not putting any pressures on them and they cannot try to put any pressures on me. So this Super Bowl with Kansas City and Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be played Sunday, February 7th. I believe the game is at 615, 620, and I'm going to get further into that game next week, but we got to see who's healthy, who's dinged up, there's a lot to, to, to do before I pick. Now, neither one of these teams are my team team. So personally, whoever wins, I don't care. But I will make a decision about who I think will be the winner. And I will do that on next Monday's show right here at Strange Talk with Doc. And maybe you can call in and help me break it down. That's your decision. I don't demand or ask you to particularly do anything. I don't ask you to like, review share or anything, but if those are the things that you feel you would like to do because you heard something that you would like to respond to, please feel free to do so. So this week, we're going to talk a little quick NBA, right? Tonight game, you got the Heat versus the Nets. Everybody wants to see the new big three, Kyrie, KD, and Harding. Is your opportunity. They're playing a good game or good team in the Miami Heat. We got the Spurs versus the Pelicans. It's your opportunity to see Zion. OKC is playing the Trailblazers. They both seem to be playing decent ball this year. Uh, so if you like that, you can watch it. Now, there's no real big games on Tuesday. But Wednesday, we got the Lakers versus the 76ers. Chance to see Embiid Simmons against LeBron and AD. Can't beat that, right? You got the Nuggets versus the Heat. Up-and-coming Nuggets team, once again, the Heat. The Celtics play my Spurs. The Mavs play the Jazz. That's a good Western Conference game. Luka versus Mitchell. Uh, Persingas. Uh, that should be outstanding. In Thursday, you got the Clippers versus the Heat. It seemed like the Heat have having a big week against big teams. So it would be interesting to see how the Heat come I mean... Yes, the Heat come out of this. Do they come out of this with a bunch of losses or do they come out of this with a bunch of wins? Let's see what Jimmy Butler and those boys can do. Thursday, like I said, is the Clippers and the Heat. Now, Friday, you got the Mavs and the Jazz again. 
because they don't want these teams moving about too much. So they play multiple times, as many times they can because of the pandemic. This way you don't have them going back and forth. And the Nuggets then play my Spurs. Saturday, you got the Lakers and the Celtics, one of the oldest rivalries in the NBA. The Celtics have got a good young team. You already know who the Lakers are. They're the champs. Sunday, since we have no football, we got the Jazz versus the Nuggets, both outstanding young teams. We got the Clippers versus the Knicks, who have been playing decent basketball. I can't take anything away from them. Even though I believe they lost last night to the Trailblazers, they have been playing better than most people would expect. It looks like they might even be close to a 500 team this year, which might get them in the playoffs. Who knows? And then the 76ers versus the Pacers. So that closes that out. Now, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your support. I went over 450,000 downloads on TalkShoe. And for that, I am truly humbled. When I started doing this podcast, I wouldn't think that 450,000 downloads would ever happen. Not in 10 years, let alone in three years. So I do appreciate you. I appreciate, like I said, your support. I really appreciate when I hear from you. That really does something for me. I can't really explain it. Even if it's negative, there's no negative to me because I take a positive note out of everything. That's just the way I live. Now, I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people. Peace to you and peace to yours.